Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey, you know what to do with you, girl. You know what's right. 19, 16, I don't know. I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode eight. And we are, what, 30 minutes away from, or away from a great basketball game, which I don't think we've seen since Washington. It's actually, we're actually working on being an hour away from it now, but it feels like 30 minutes because it's been an adrenaline high. So, <laughs> dude. Uh, and if you watch the game, you'll know that Alan Flanagan had himself a game, uh, something we've not ex- seen since what his sophomore year at Auburn. He had one Alan Flanagan in the game last year, uh, but this is, this is sophomore Al stuff. Yes. Alan Flanagan had 18 points, eight rebounds, two assists, and two steals. All off the bench. Impressive. I I think that uh, maybe maybe Bruce Pearl and company, maybe the, the guys listen to the college loop. Um, <laughs> because right after we sat sat down and talked about until we were blue in the face about how bad the guard play was at, at Georgia, all this team did was was come back and say, you know, Wendell Green Jr., hello. Um, Zepp Jasper, mid-range. I'm sorry, I, I wasn't familiar with your game. Um, like verbal meme, you know what I mean? And, and, and Alan Flanagan, I mean, I, right after two episodes back to back, I sit here and go, Dylan, Alan Flanagan's a Ford, Alan Flanagan's a Ford. He looked at me, gave me the middle finger and said, watch this. And speaking of the great guards, Wendell Green, 19 points, five assists, three rebounds and three steals, a defensive performance from Wendell Green that I, we're not, where'd that come from <laughs> for one thing? And I think tonight was an element of revenge for him as well. 
Yes, uh, after the Arkansas game last year where, you know, people kind of gave him some slack for some late game uh, decisions he made. Today, he owned Arkansas on the court. And and it was it was a different Wendell. I mean, I, this is going to sound like so reading too much into everything. Even kind of like the look on his expression, it, it, this was a level of focus. And I'm not saying Wendell's not focused usually, but this is a level of like, we're not losing this damn ball game that I, I've not seen out of him in, in, in a while. And, that, and that's encouraging. And then Zeb Jasper decided today, you know what? I'm going to go going to get involved um, on the offensive end. Uh, and uh, I mean, the worst guard play was from KD Johnson, which is kind of becoming a routine issue. But that's, you know, if that's your your downside, I thought, I thought Trey came in and, and, and provided valuable minutes. I mean, didn't put up flashy numbers, but I thought he, he did well facilitating and moving the ball. Uh, this was this was a good, a, a, an exceptional game from 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 Auburn on all aspects. And dude, Janai Broom is just awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, Janai Broom, ten points, ten rebounds, six blocks, two assists, and a steal that I had to add. But uh, four blocks away from getting a triple double with blocks, that's. <laughs> He's he's special. I I love Janai Broom, and I don't think this is I don't think he's a one and done at Auburn. I think he'll have one more year after this year. Not speculation. We'll we'll talk. You know, once the end of the season and we get to the off season, we, we're trying to find things to talk about. We'll definitely be speculating about who's staying, who's leaving. I think Janai is the sky's the limit for that guy, uh, and, and and he's super talented. Sometimes he doesn't even realize how talented he is. Like tonight, he didn't realize how open he was, and just decided to just end five men's five men's life. On, on on the court um and uh I, he just it feels like sometimes he surprises himself i didn't love the technical call not for it not on his fault uh, i thought that was a little bit of a soft tee when he got teed up for yelling in someone's face that they suck i mean what do you want to say good job man i just absolutely put you on a poster <laughs> nice try you almost <laughs> but yeah uh, so looking at flanagan and wendell they shot between themselves they shot 50 percent from the three uh, Flanagan shot three of six. Wendell shot two of fourteen. The team shot seven of twenty-one from the three, but that you also got to put in the perspective that Katie Johnson and uh, Zeb Jasper combined zero for six from on the three-point line. So really, Auburn shot what seven for fifteen. If you take out yes. Katie Johnson, <laughs> yeah. If you take out Katie, yeah. And on the other side of the court, Arkansas shot two of sixteen from the three-point line. Yeah, let me let me talk about Arkansas for just a second here, if that's okay, Dill. Yeah. Uh, this was a fantastic win for Auburn. It was an abysmal loss for Arkansas. Not that it's that bad on the on the on the record sheet, because I think this win probably saves Auburn from dropping out of the top 25. I think they probably wind up parked 23, 22, 24, somewhere in that ballpark. But we said kind of going into this game, you and I had talked a little bit, you know, off the off the air and on the air. For Auburn to win this game, they were going to have to play essentially perfect and not no such thing as being perfect, but you know what I mean? It's close to perfect as you can. And they're going to need for help from Arkansas. Arkansas left a boatload of points at the free throw line, first off. Yes. Um, they shot fewer. You, you got the numbers in front of you. And I don't, I don't, I, I'm clicked away from the box, so you can tell me. I know they shot few, lower than 50% from, from the free throw line tonight. Uh, I believe it was in the 40s. I have it closed off right now. I know Auburn shot 77% from the free throw line. I, I all I all I know is well I can I can tell you right now uh, Arkansas actually was above fifty percent they're at fifty nine point four percent but they were four nineteen of thirty two from the charity stripe just leaving points everywhere I mean that's the point that's the difference maker right and, and there and there was a lid on the basket um, for for Arky for sure 
the guys that they were they were really looking for, uh, Walsh didn't did not contribute in in, in, the, in a fashion that they thought. So I mean, if you take if you take away um, Anthony Black, Arkansas gets the doors blown off them in this game. Um, and, and I think that they're well, obviously we know they're battling injuries. A lot of things went well for Auburn tonight. Um, Arkansas playing poorly and being in the jungle probably had a lot to do with it. But don't take anything away from the fact that even down to the coaching tonight was a significant improvement for Auburn. And also, Arkansas had 14 turnovers. Auburn, for the first time in a while, didn't get over double digits. They only had eight turnovers tonight. And this, this, is, a, this is a different Auburn team that I've been used to watching as of late. Like, this team did not turn over the ball often. I uh I was I was floored to see that stat. I didn't I I, I watched the same game you did, and then when I looked back and saw that there's single digit turnovers, I was like, oh my gosh, this team can do that? That's legal. <laughs> and um, just like and that goes back to our, what we said right about the positive guard play and 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 the true improvement this game where it looked like there was some chemistry. Also, every single player, I think except for KD, has a different haircut now. Um, that's a storyline. I'm putting that out there. I don't know what Wendell did to like change his hair, but I like it. It's cool. Um, Flan had like the the back the further back piggy tails going on. Um, I'm about it. I think Dylan Cardwell still has the same hair. Uh, well, I Dylan hasn't changed barber since he was like seven. So <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Cardwell also put up two points tonight on a uh, dunk that in the jungle. Oh, a two point dunk is worth a hundred to the <laughs> a million. <laughs> yeah. Another fun stat about this game: Auburn got out rebounded, forty-five to thirty-two. Um, primarily on the offensive glass. Yeah, from Arkansas missing shots and trying to throw it back up, missing the throw up, and then missing the tertiary shot because Auburn got out rebounded offensively, seventeen to seven. Defensively, it's a little closer, <laughs> twenty to twenty-five. But Arkansas had more offensive rebounds than Auburn did, and it's mostly because they kept missing the shots, getting the ball, and then missing the putback. All I'm saying is, is Arkansas on a handful of occasions when they were doing that little put back up and miss under the rim reminded me a lot of me and you playing pickup uh, when we were in undergrad. Yeah. <laughs> it looks all like me in middle school trying to play gotcha. Trying to right. Get the guy who's the basketball player behind me trying to get him out. So I'm just right. Like, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> but yeah, just a great game all around from Auburn. Uh, something you really hope to see more often from this team. Because how many shot? How many three point shots did they shoot last game? Was it way too many? I I don't I don't have the number in front of me. I don't have the box in front of me. Twenty five plus. Um, and and they shot piss poor for lack of a better term. I know they shot twenty five. I think twenty six. Uh, yeah, they shot twenty eight and only made twenty eight. That makes me feel even worse. Um, <laughs> and this but, team shot twenty one. That's it, right? Twenty one and made seven of them, so a third of their shots, which is what you kind of want to strive for when right. shooting threes. <laughs> but yeah, just all around. I think BP kind of put it back into their heads like, hey, slow it down offensively in the sense of don't shoot the three right off the bat. Katie didn't listen, but luckily Wendell yeah. did. <laughs> right. Because Wendell's ability to drive in and get buckets while being contested is awesome. It, well, and 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 the broadcast mentioned it tonight. The the Wendell Green film scout. I can tell anyone if you are an opposing team that's going to play Auburn, 
Just watch the college loop. This is the only sentence you need to know about your scouting report about Wendell Green. He's going to shoot the, the, the three, facilitate, or he's going to drive to the rim. There is no mid-range game for Wendell Green. There's no point in having a mid-range game. No, there, there's no. It makes no sense. You're right. And uh, But some of his circus shots are just remarkable. <laughs> the, the things he can do at his stature is just outstanding, and I'm so glad that he's our point guard because I don't know what we would do without Mr. Wendell Green leading our team. He's not way too early MVP. And uh, we'll get to talk more about his success uh, and his, his importance. And what I think is still an extremely important game on Tuesday um, at Ole Miss. Uh, And I'm I'm looking forward to previewing that one later in the week uh, with you, Dylan, because people don't understand how bad this team needs to get on a roll. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is a great starting point. Great starting point. Momentum is going to be this team's best friend throughout the rest of the game. And the only bad stat line from this game is the fact that Leor Berman did not get to attempt a three-pointer. Jesus, Lord. <laughs> he is 100% in the last two games from the three. Right. We got to get him in more to shoot half-court shots. He's our Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you brought up another game we need to talk about, uh, the women's basketball game from, I believe, two days ago now, uh, where they lost 94-42 to to number one South Carolina. Two, yeah, this is – to Daniel's point, Aliyah Boston only scored two more points than her season average. All right, hold on. Aliyah Boston, put some respect on the best player. Yeah, in college sorry. <laughs> uh, and Zaya Cook, sorry, I'm getting the yeah. names mixed up. I uh, scored 10 points, which is, I believe, three or four points less than she usually scores. Yeah, great. But also every single player ex- uh, that, that touched the floor for USC got a bucket. <laughs> yeah, but Daniel was right. Correct. He wasn't wrong. Correct. Well, there were no, they had three in triple and, and double digits, but still, I understood. Also, it also doesn't help the fact that Auburn only had 13 points off the bench, all coming from Sanaya Wells. Well, um, let me this is this is short, sweet, and to the point. Uh, this is exactly what we thought was going to happen. We knew that Auburn's going to go get knocked around, um, uh, by, by USC. But here, here's the reality of things everybody in women's college basketball is getting knocked around by USC right now, with the exception of Stanford, and then they. Uh, messed around and found out last year that they also can get knocked around by USC. So it, it really doesn't matter. And uh good opportunity for everyone to go get better. Uh Holding honestly, Scott Grayson out, whether it was because she couldn't play. I know she shot around. She was in, 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 in warm-up clothes the entire time. Um, Whether it was because she couldn't play or you just didn't want to run the risk of her play, going against the uh stature that is South Carolina women's basketball, Um, it was the right call. Um, get get back, get right, try to beat Alabama. Um, I guess when this comes out, this comes out on a Sunday morning, this afternoon. Um, so, which that, that should be a close game just because it's Auburn, Alabama. And I, I do think that if you get honestly back, that this team can be where they need to be. But there's really no point spending too much time on the USC game because there wasn't a whole lot of bright spots. Um, Sanaya Wells is her. Sydney Shaw is so her. Um, a lot of positive futures, right, for the Tigers. Yep, and you said it. Uh, they play Bama today at 4 p.m. Central. And like you said, hopefully, honestly, Scott Grayson is back. Uh, we've said it multiple times. Auburn would be, what, 2-1 and one right now in SEC play if honesty was playing? When yeah, something, something, to the tune of, something to the tune of 2-1. and one. Yeah. And Auburn men's basketball plays on the 10th against Ole Miss in the Pavilion. And I guess we'll have an episode before mm-hmm. that reviewing it so we'll yeah. talk about that on tuesday's episode that'll come out you can 
for those of you who are like listening to our show and then going and watching the game, you can do that back to back, bang, bang, and get your, get your, get your preview in the morning, watch the game in the afternoon, be depressed by dinner. You never know. So, <laughs> And it's also worth mentioning in other Auburn sports. Uh, I do believe just to go one and one uh, Auburn swimming and diving mm-hmm. murdered or detected a, I saw that. I don't know how swim and dive works, but I think if you triple your opponent's points, that's probably good. Yeah, I believe it was like 270-something to 71. Uh, I know you as a tech nerd weren't really too thrilled to see Georgia Tech lost or swimming and diving, but I got you. Don't care. <laughs> Outside of Georgia Tech basketball and football, you don't really. <laughs> or baseball. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, baseball sometimes. <laughs> but then on the other side of that, uh, gymnastics has started up. Auburn came in third in their quad meet today against uh, and in order, Oklahoma came in first with Michigan, then Auburn, then UCLA came in fourth, which didn't they win the national championship? Yes, they did. But that's a lost talent. And and honestly, if you look at this field, like <laughs> there's your top four. I believe, yeah, but I, say, I think all these teams are top five, top ten. I, top ten teams. They're not actually your top four, but those are your top ten teams. Like, I, I mean, this is a great result, and Auburn tied its – Program high on 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 beam, correct? Is that what we said? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Beam or beamer bars. I, yeah, I do beam. believe that this is going to be the actual standings uh, come next. I don't know AP voting. I don't know. Yeah, no, it actually probably will be. Yeah, <laughs> Florida, be Florida's got to be in there somewhere. Auburn three. Uh, but yeah, I, it's going to be a good season for gymnastics. Uh, me and you are going to the one on the twentieth yep. against Arkansas. We'll be there. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. We're on the ground to watch the Sunni Lee uh, goodbye tour. Sunni Lee goodbye tour, Sophia Groth uh, superiority tour, and the farewell to the queen uh, with Darion Groborn. I really want to get a picture of her doing the. the oh thing. my gosh! I just want to get a picture with her, like us, like the college, like that could be the best header for the college loop ever. All of us with like the crown, like doing the crown, that'd be sick. We need to make shirts. <laughs> yes, facts, <laughs> facts. <laughs> That'd be very beneficial to our brand if we were to get that out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch film. Like I know that's weird to say, but I'm gonna go back and rewatch uh, Jim, and we'll we'll recap that going into the Tuesday episode. This is just so jam packed because we got so much going on with with uh, basketball and football this weekend. Um, and I'm not say, saying it takes a back burner, but there's a lot bigger gap in gy- between gymnastics meets. Yeah. Uh, so my first page of notes is just men's and women's basketball. My back page note is just a full page of football notes. That's short. Yes, shorter than usual, actually. Yeah, uh, right, but right. Today, Auburn picked up three re- or two recruits. Uh, we picked up one, I believe, yes- was Gunnar Britton yesterday? Gunnar Britton was yesterday, yes. Let's start with him. Four-star from the transfer portal, Western Kentucky guy, six foot six, 305 pounds. He is a biggin. He's a big makes seven, seven big guys that are newcomers to the program. With, I believe, uh, three plus on the way. Uh, but yeah, yes. a big, big body guy. He, this dude can pass block like nobody's business. And uh, he did, he was on Auburn's team. Or he played he play against Auburn this season. Uh, that game did not go as probably he wanted it to go. There's but, some good film from him. There's just like one random clip mixed in that highlight that doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like he's just walking and I'm like, but then the rest is good. The rest of that film is good. The rest like, of it is great because he's like stopping Derek Hall. Yeah. But then the one play, the first play of it is like, what is he doing? Yeah, just standing around, hanging out. Um, but, Gunner Britton, huge pickup. Don't think he's the last for that offensive line. You and I keep talking about it. I don't think there's such thing as too many bodies right now because at some point it's like throwing, you know, a, a bunch of things at the wall and hoping you hit something, right? Um, I believe there's a Trevon Reed quote that should be fitting in here somewhere. 
uh something along the lines of we're not finished yet oh yeah we're not finished yet they're not uh like we talked about it last episode there's a long list of 20 20 plus names um short list of probably about five or ten guys that they really think they're going to get and that's just in the offensive line room um skill positions wise quarterback wide receiver linebacker i think we we both think is on the way um that's a whole different list which is exciting (laughs) something funny about the gunner britain pickup is the fact that zavian zavian Zavion Capers. Zavion Capers. I can't, I don't know why I can't say his name. He basically traded him for Gunnar Britain because he just committed to West Kentucky today. Right. Which is funny. Yeah. Okay. No, it's it's like last year when you send Bo Nix to Oregon in return for Robbie Ashford in and cash DJ considerations. <laughs> yeah, dude. And DJ James. Don't forget DJ James. DJ James, I know. So hopefully we win this trade as well. <laughs> it's compatible. Both teams win. Great pickup for Auburn and Freezing Company. Um, I think it was it we we kind of we from the time that this name got thrown out there, you and I kind of were saying Gunnar Britton feels like the right fit for Auburn if he's interested. And then quickly, it was like it all happened in a matter of like 48 hours. It was like, oh, I he's was, interested. I was, I was oh, going coming. through offensive line transfers and I saw his name. I was like, I want this guy. Yeah. And and then when, when we when we mentioned it, we were like, yeah, that could be a good fit. And then when as soon as you hear the first connection, it was like 48 hours later, he's like committed. We're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you are. Hello. Welcome to Auburn. Let's see other guys we picked up. We picked up another transfer from Maryland, not the guy that we thought we were gonna get. I about. like this kid though. I really I do. Like I him. guess I guess I shouldn't say kid. This man, <laughs> six foot two, two hundred ninety eight pounds, a big boy, but on the front seven defensive lineman, uh, Mosiah Nasili Kite. Yes, and I've actually got some updated uh, measurements for you if you want, uh, based on UMD's website. Um, they list him at three ten at six two three ten. Oh, he's a nose tackle. That's exactly what he is. <laughs> <laughs> there, you, you are so intuitive. Uh, he's played in 23 games over the past two years, uh, recorded 43 tackles, uh, uh, solo tackles, 63 total. Um, obviously, that differential means 20 assists. Uh, nine and a half tackles for, for losses and uh, five sacks over the past two years. He's an instant impact guy, uh, not one we had on our radar. Um, definitely one that can can bolster immediately, can can make that defensive line better. And uh, and Auburn got better in the trenches, and yeah. and we say it every episode, Dylan. They got better in the trenches. It's shocking that he's as big as he is because he completely blindsided me and you today. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just get it. I'm on the way home uh, with my girlfriend, and all of a sudden I get a text message: "Hey, Dylan." Uh. You sent me his name, Mosiah Nasili Kite. Uh, yeah, we just got him. And I was like, okay, great. I listen, not everyone I send you do we land, but everyone we land, I have sent you <laughs> up until this guy right here. <laughs> You're right. I've had a graphic made for a lot of guys. This There's guy not- had to be made one on the spot. <laughs> I would like to think that we've been able to use 70% of your graphics. Yes, we could not. I there's a jersey swap out there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Grayson McCall in an Auburn jersey that was by Harrison. There Scott. was traction. All right, there was traction. <laughs> there's a Ahmed McCullough, uh, thing in our Sigh. in our text messages. I actually had that real quick. If we're going to talk about Ahmad McCullough, he committed to Washington State today, which was ultra weird. Um, I don't, I don't disrespect. Excuse me. I don't disrespect his decision. It was just weird for me. I was like, that was not a school I thought was even on the radar. But um, I guess uh, that's the best fit for him. 
And Auburn is looking elsewhere for a guy I think we may have by the time that this show comes out, maybe. Possibly. His graphic is ready. But we have one more guy to pick that we picked up today uh, during the All-American game, which was an absolute blowout. Uh, three-star corner, Tyler Scott, six foot one, 195 pounds. He's not a big boy, but I do like my corners tall. He's a super high three-star. Uh, I was talking to Clemente earlier today a little bit about this. Uh, and and it sounds like per Christian, and and don't don't quote this one, Dylan, but loosely, uh, he thinks that he's one of the more underrated guys. Um, and 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 I I I watch his film, I tend to agree. I've not watched enough, so I need to kind of get in the in the in the lab and do that. Um, really underrated three-star, super high three-star. I think that a lot of people Christian hinted on Twitter earlier today that he could probably be a four-star by the time he graduates. That makes more sense to me. Not that stars really ultimately matter, except for we infatuate over them, right? Yeah. Um, apparently, I if I read this correctly, this now this was just on Twitter. Apparently, Christian said the uh, Scott signed Tyler Scott signed on December twenty first, and then <laughs> mailed in his LOI. <laughs> I mean, I guess you the exposure. You no, I get it. No, I respect it, and um, and this is a this is a great land for Auburn. It wasn't super surprising. Um, a lot of people would kind of. Picked up on the fact that, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> Something's not adding up here. <laughs> Man, great thing about the uh, All-American game is me and you both had moments where we got to really enjoy our favorite prospects from this class. Got to enjoy all five prospects from this class. Yeah, well, yes, but me and you definitely have favorites. Minus yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's normal. Yeah. Uh, Connor, Connor Lou made people look stupid today um, trying to get to his quarterback um, because he's just he, – he's ready. I, he's ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but everyone on the East team kind of made everyone on the West team look kind of stupid. I mean, it, it helps when the East team has the best quarterback in the class with Dante Moore. It also helps that um, the East has the Southeastern talent. <laughs> so, did, they, did they cut Texas in half? I don't even know how that works. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're giving – so this East team has – Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, right. Bama, Mississippi, half of Texas. I mean, the good half of Texas, I guess. All the SEC, basically. Uh, Detroit, New York, like Detroit, New York, everywhere that you get the high talent. And then the West team has California. Yeah, California. That's about it. But uh, can we can we talk real quick about the about this the, the All America game today? I mean, there, there was there was a couple things to talk about. Um, first off, I don't think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Kai and Lee allowed a, a completion. If it did, if he did, it was one. The that was a, the touchdown, the touchdown was a, split split coverage. I mean, um, it was a it was a Darren Reed Kai and Lee blunder play that it, happened. You, you know, they stumbled over each other, so we're gonna choose to pretend like it didn't happen. Um, Darren Reed played out of his mind. Keldrick Falk. Oh my God! I mean. <laughs> What a what a beast of a human being that guy is. Um, I mean, within the first three plays, he put his hand up and pawed down uh, football like it was nothing, like he was swatting a fly from the line. It was a read that forced a fourth down with a deflection from the line. Was that was that read? Yeah. Okay. I'm my my my, my apologies. Uh, maybe I just wait. Wait. Keldrick Falk had a TFL later in the game. No. It's okay. You're only confusing like superstar, future superstar defensive line talent right there. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. They're gonna look the same to quarterbacks because I mean you're gonna get hit enough. You're just not. You're gonna see an Auburn helmet coming at you. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> that that's really all I had to say. But every all 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 five really guys uh, had had great showings uh, at the All American game, and um, it wasn't entertaining score wise. But if you were watching from prospect point, um, Auburn fans probably had a lot of fun. So. Yeah, especially when Tyler <laughs> got committed uh, during the fourth quarter. Yes. You, at one point, you're watching the game just to get a Tyler Scott thing. Oh no! By the third quarter, by halftime, you were like, "I just." By halftime, I was like, "I really wish they would just like hurry it up." Yeah, like, I can't wait any longer. Right. <laughs> but then you got to see some really good, like the uh, above above aerial camera, some good film of Connor Lou just being Connor Lou. <laughs> I do love. I was on the phone, uh, and all of a sudden, I walk. I put my peek my head up the out of the different room, and I just see Tyler Scott's name come across the screen. I was like, "I got to go by," and just hung up. Just hung up. Yep. It was like I need to make sure that this man does not break my heart, like Amon McCullough did, and maybe Grayson McCall also did. Now to move on from guys that we have gotten to guys that we are hoping to get. Auburn had a lot of guys visiting this weekend and are visiting this weekend. Starting off with LSU linebacker Demario Tolan, who was a true freshman last year, but he still recorded eight, nine tackles last year. But I mean, he's still a highly touted recruit. I think he was like a four four star. Four star. Which still four star. Pick up. So from what I've what I've understood, now there's a laundry list and there's some guys we don't really need to break down name by name, Dill. Um what, what we're gonna go through. What well, we can drop the names that we know have visited this week. There's a bigger conversation coming after we talk about Demario. Um, but to my understanding, it sounds like Auburn is is a front runner, if if not a very soon pledge for Demario Tolman. And, and and Tolan, no, I keep trying to say Tolman. It's Tolan. I'm sorry. I'll live. I'll I'll, I'll grow with this group as they grow. Um, that's that's how we work, right? Um, I'm very very big position in the group of need now, um, right? Uh, we we've talked about the quarterback situation. We and we know the 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 necessary depth in the trenches that I think Freeze and company have addressed. Um, so so now maybe you slide that offensive line priority down. Not that they're not relentlessly recruiting because they are. That linebacker room, there's a gaping hole. And 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 and, and this is a, kid, a guy that can come in, start day one, and be an instant impact and has SEC experience. It makes sense. Um, we wanted Ahmad McCullough. That didn't happen. That's water under the bridge. Um, I think that longevity-wise, this might be better for Auburn. And and from from what I've heard, it it sounds it sounds like he should be an Auburn pledge within the next couple a couple days. Um, it could be as soon as tomorrow, I guess Sunday being today. Um, so I think that that's that's something to keep uh, keep a watch on, Dill, and um, I'm sure you're excited about him. Oh yeah, and you talk about getting getting a guy with SEC experience. I think the linebacker position is probably the best, or at least one of the best positions to acquire a player with SEC experience because in the SEC, I mean, defense reigns supreme, and especially. Name a better place to recruit from high school wise than LSU. Yeah, right. Uh, this guy is like you said, instant impact. I think he fills in that role left by Owen Papo clearly. And I, and yet, like you said, he's, he'd be an instant starter right then and there. Like I don't. Think if, if if not, he's, he's not LB one, but he's instant. Lots of snaps. Yes. Uh, be playing a large percentile of the snaps. And um, I think that's important right now for Auburn. I, I mean, not, I think, I mean, hell, we know it's important because this team is building from nothing. And uh, another key thing, uh, well, I don't know if you want to, I don't know how much more I can talk about 
how great DeMario is and how much of a help he'd be to this defense. Uh, but speaking from another defensive player that we that we have visiting in this class, or in this in this case, is a uh, Wake Forest defensive end, I believe, Rondell Bothroyd. Yep, but I, I I said Bothroyd. I don't think it matters. That's that's one. I think these are the kind of some names we can we can skim through. The only really really important one that I want to talk about is Jamari Thrash. Um, I think that it's possible that you grab any of these names that Dylan's going to mention. It's just a couple more that we, that we know for sure have been on campus because they've communicated that they've been on campus. Um, but it, but it's not to say that Auburn's seriously going to land them either. You got to remember, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, right? You, you just reach down, you grab one at some point. I think it's important to, to mention with uh, Rondell, uh, he was a starter for Wake Forest. Right. Uh, tw- 30 tackles, six sacks, which was second on his team, two forced fumbles, and three pass deflections. I think if you can get him, I don't know. He's not as – I don't think we're as at, as close to saying when he'll commit or if he'll commit to Auburn as we are. Also haven't heard a ton of reason to believe that it's going to be Auburn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'd be a huge pickup as well because, I mean, he's not SEC experience, but starting ACC experience. Power five. Power five, yeah. And then, like you mentioned with Jamari Thrash, was the best wide receiver on Georgia State last season. With 1,122 yards that led the team and seven touchdowns, which the wide receiver room for Auburn is wide open. So let's talk for a second about Jamari Thrash. And I'm not even talking specifically um, about his frame, which is beautiful, which is or about his skill set, which is incredible. Um, let's talk about a guy who's leaving his school as the best receiver, you know, WR1 uh, at his respective school in the Sun Belt, really turned heads. I've I've heard whisperings about his interest at Auburn, um, and, and and it sounds like there is serious traction. However, and you're going to run into this with some folks, and this is going to ruffle some feathers, but you're going to run into this with some wide receivers. Not every wide receiver in the country sold on Robbie Ashford, and and that's going to kind of segue our way into Spencer into the Spencer Sanders conversation that's imminent. That's no spoiler. Everyone knows this is coming. It's a episode routine thing at this point but this is our first case of hearing about guys that are like i don't think that i want to play with robbie ashford and it's nothing personal against ashford's skill set as much as it may just not mesh with them as a receiver which is fine but this is the first case we've really heard about if sanders comes i'm in i don't think it's the last case we'll hear about if spencer sanders comes to auburn i'm in and well kind of try to rush towards the Spencer Sanders conversation. Just list uh, three more guys who are visiting or are planning on visiting with Eastern Michigan offensive tackle Marcellus Johnson, who I did have believe uh, has visited. Right. Uh, Baylor OT Micah. Yep. Micah Mascua. 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 I don't know. Well, I'm, I really, I've, I've tried. Nobody knows. <laughs> if it commits, we'll ask him. Right. I think Auburn's in the series running for, for, for Micah though. And finally, a Alabama offensive tackle, Damian George. <laughs> that one's going to take some warming up to for Auburn fans. Huh? <laughs> I mean, if he didn't work out for Alabama and he's great for us, I mean, that's just a big loss for Alabama. Was Damian George not the Crimson Crane? Was he? I think he was the Crimson Crane at the uh, – don't quote me. I think he was the Crimson Crane at the Birmingham Bowl practice. Oh, that's that's an oof. Uh, <laughs> If that is uh, factual, then... I'll have to fact check myself on that one. And if not, we'll cut it out. But or no, we won't. It'll be okay. 
Um, I'm not entirely sure about Damian George. I am uh, pretty confident um, that the Auburn's in the running for Micah Mazuka or Mazuka. Um, Micah M. Yes, uh, Marcellus Johnson. I don't really know how serious they are. Um, he is rather, uh, but I think that you know, like like I said a minute ago, fish in the barrel, right? Um, we do know one guy Auburn's serious about, and his name is Spencer Sanders. A quarterback that I believe we have reached a bingo on because I think we have talked about him five consecutive episodes. And I think that that's a fun little joke I'm about to make. I'm going to make a little pun. You said bingo. I'm going to say I think we're close to a Yahtzee. Um, I I think that within within 24 hours of this podcast coming out, um, Spencer Sanders will be at Auburn. Um, and uh, I think it's all but a done deal. Um, and I, I could be wrong, and I'll probably I've been wrong before. I'll, I'll be wrong again. I mean, hell, that's what I do. Um, but it sounds like Sanders is very much, well, it's between Auburn and Ole Miss. That's not a secret. That's pretty public. Um, but I think Sanders makes sense with freeze. We've talked about this a million times over. If you want to hear our breakdown, feel free to go back and listen to any of the last four episodes. Um, I think it's imminent now. And, uh, I think that's the guy that, that Auburn wants to go forward with. Um, if nothing else then for depth for the quarterback room, but I will tell you this. If Spencer Sanders comes to Auburn, I would go ahead and chalk it as Robbie Ashford will not be QB1 in 2023, barring an injury. Because I don't think he will come to Auburn if it's not a guaranteed start. I think that was the key to a lot of these guys in the portal. I mean, I don't think Jackson Dart's that much better of a quarterback than Robbie Ashford, if he is at all. I've not been impressed with Jackson Dart. All Miss fans are going to hate me. They already do. Uh, but I think that with like the Grayson McCall, we were all on board with Grayson McCall because we knew he's gonna be the starter. Uh I think it was when Michael Pratt came came and gone. Uh I pretty much figured that it was gonna be a battle. But I think Spencer That Sanders, just died off by the way. That just disappeared and and evaporated. Well the key factor to that the rumors about him was he never entered the portal. <laughs> he never went into the porthole. <laughs> he never He's not leaving Tulane, uh, after, especially after what they just did to the Pac-12 runner-up, bring Tulane back to the SEC. They already have more SEC championships than Ole Miss does, so just go ahead and bring them back. How many times are you going to burn Ole Miss on this podcast? Dude, as they're all in my mentions. <laughs> I'm going to carry on. Up. Carry on, though. But I think Spencer Sanders does offer – I know I've said a couple of times I think Robbie Ashford could beat him for the role – but I know you saw with Bo Nixisms. I think it's going to be a very entertaining QB uh, battle, especially come A Day. And I also want to throw another name in, and this is not a transfer name, so don't get a migraine. Don't get a migraine. I Holden Jaren. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have heard time and time again that. Everybody that's ever coached him is in love with his passing abilities. And even if you add Spencer Sanders, he's still probably far and away the best passer on the team. Uh, it it could be – things could get weird. I mean, like, they're already weird, but, like, we might get weird. Uh, dear Lord, it it can always get worse for – not you're Auburn, men- but for us. You're mental? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear another quarterback come up if Spencer Sanders doesn't commit in the next – Eight hours. Uh, Tar to go see me in the corner. Next eight hours. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> you're gonna text me at three in the morning and be like, "Yo, uh, Caleb." Williams- so Tom Brady has an extra year of eligibility. He's been granted by the NCAA. This is why he's coming to Auburn. Cam Newton still has that one year of eligibility left. <laughs> And this is why he's returning. I believe another wide receiver we can talk about a little bit is Bryson Green. I think if Spencer Sanders does come here, I feel like Bryson, Bryson Green to Auburn is going to be a huge... I think it's going to be all but a lock. Yeah. So you're looking at a wide receiver room that's going to have a Camden Brown and a Mara Kelly, a Landon King, a Rivaldo Fairweather, a Jamari Thrash, and a Bryson Green. And we don't know who's going to be throwing to him. And honestly, we're okay with literally any of the choices. I would like to submit my name for consideration. I still have eligibility for you. Give me a call. I have a COVID year. <laughs> <laughs> I have a COVID year. And uh, nothing would give me more happiness in life than to be able to throw to either Landon King or Rivaro Fairweather on a goal line fade. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. Actually, no, not a fade. Not a fade route. I have PTSD from fade route. I'm about to say, you. I knew you were about to go. Uh, you were about to say PTSD from the Penn State game in 2021. 21. Yeah, the potato man does not know how to write up plays. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that Spencer Sanders can easily bring in, like, two big-time wide receivers for Auburn. There's a third. We just can't talk about him yet. We'll talk about him when we go off the air. Yeah. uh, Spencer Sanders opens us up for more uh, wide receivers down the line, which is another – which is a position that Auburn does need help in. I also think Spencer Sanders wins you another one to two games. I won't say that's wrong. I I am a Robbie Ashford tr- truther. I know you are too. I mean, why go to the Birmingham Bowl when you go to the Music City Bowl? <laughs> a big difference between Birmingham and Nashville. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, you're right. Birmingham's a better city. What are you talking about? Don't want to go to the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> and Birmingham's lit. What are you talking about? We had a great time. Liberty Bowl is actually because you can stay the night in the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid. So. We've found positives about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Every bowl has a five dollar mimosas, bottomless before in Birmingham. Like that was hard to beat. (laughs) Irish pub right down the road. Yeah, right. I don't know the bar scene. The bar scene in Nashville is nice. Yeah, exactly. This podcast has gotten so unhinged, (laughs) off the rails. It it always does, but could not be as bad as last week though. It can't. Can't be. But that's what happens whenever you record at uh, midnight. (laughs) It's eight a.m. and I'm going to be up tomorrow at six. Lovely. Love that for you. That's going to be a fun day. (laughs) Well, Dill, I appreciate you chatting it up with me tonight. Um, And in conclusion, uh, men's basketball got a big opportunity on Tuesday, Tuesday, Um, had a great win today and women's basketball really wants to get back in and at it tomorrow. Gymnastics is going to be just fine. Swim and dive. We don't know what numbers mean, but it seems good. Um, And football is, is kind of an ongoing thing. We've got a couple more weeks until things really die down. And then um, then we'll be able to actually start putting together draft concepts um, and draft profiles and and know who's going to be on the roster for the most part. <laughs> we'll know the exact roster by at least September. <laughs> September 3rd, <laughs> a minute before we play UMass. Theoretically. <laughs> Theoretically, we should know almost everything about the team. By then. <laughs> Would this be a year that the starting quarterback isn't named until the day before? No, I don't think so. Are you sure? No. Because, I mean, I, I could see Robbie Ashford and Spencer Sanders just going back-to-back 
like a day just having great games. Holden Jarners sneaks in a hundred yard game as well, playing against the threes. I mean, I just, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. Baseball game to help us get over the stress of this. Yeah. Um, last year. And then next week, we're probably going to start sprinkling in a little bit of diamond sports, softball, and baseball right around the corner. So a lot of exciting stuff here on the College Loop. And if you think we love Kyan Lee and Connor Lou, wait till we can talk about Bree Ellis. <laughs> and wait till you talk about Joseph Gonzalez and Kaysen Howell. Kaysen Howell's nickname, I don't think we're going to say on the College Loop. We'll determine when you're Before you can even think about it, this has been the College Loop. I'm Dylan Lark at your boy the Tank on Twitter. That's Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. Number one horse Kaysen fan. <laughs> this has been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>